This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Usually every time he finished a song, he'd get on a payphone wherever he was in the country and call me and wake me up. And so, like, he'd lay the phone down and start playing his guitar, you know? And that's how I heard this song the first time. I always thought this was a real pretty one. It's called uh, My Old Man. Three more to go. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com, and this is part two of the 50th podcast. It's Mom's Question Time. Joining me to answer listener questions, Dan Rogers of the Villa Underground and Chris Budd. Welcome again. Bring it on. <laughs> now we've started. Should we go straight into the no messing about? Yeah, let's go deep, let's go hard. Because if you want to listen to our, like, tittle-tattle, <laughs> is it tittle-tattle? Yes. No, that's James Nursey. Yeah, well, we did a bit of that in the last show. If you want to listen to our tittle-tattle, it's uh, episode number 50. Mm. This is number 50.5. We're yes. just going straight into listener questions. First question, and the problem with taking all these off Instagram, the problem with it is is you just have your handles. I don't actually see your name, so uh, and obviously people's handles are quite kind of funny, so bear with me. First one is Willem Rawarth, and he says, where can I listen to the podcast? Right, right here, here, right now, right yeah. here, right now. Cue Fatboy Slim. Right here, right now. It's real time. You hear me? Real time. Time to get real. What a daft question. Or maybe we haven't, we need to get onto the marketing, Dan. Come on. Listen to it on location, in the bath. 
We have people in the yeah. air listening. We have people driving across <laughs> Europe on holidays. We have people in prison listening. We have people in the ground <laughs> bored. <laughs> people at St Andrews tuning in at Keymore. Steve Bruce yeah. listens, doesn't he? He follows our yeah. tactics. No, they play this <laughs> podcast over the Tannoy at St Andrews at half time. Brentford as well, I think they play mm. it as well. Yeah, plenty of places. Uh, it's available on iTunes. It's available. We're kind of a big. Google. We're kind of a big deal in China, mm. and and also yeah, China just it's yeah, just broadcast. When you walk down the street, they have these little Tano speakers in the trees, and they just play the podcast. Probably. We are basically propaganda. Yeah, <laughs> for what I have no idea, but uh, comply or you'll turn out like these idiots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Question number two. Word has it twenty percent of Villa season ticket holders actually have a Birmingham postcode. S O T V K R O. What does that mean? What does that mean? K R. It's some sort of K-R-O. funny attempt at a joke, isn't it? Has Gary Gardner yeah. written this question? No, it's a sentence. It's funny you say that. When when you put up your highlights on Instagram, you can see who's looked at it. And Gary Gardner had actually looked at it when I asked for questions. So I think that's a good guess. <laughs> He's got nothing better to do, has he? Well, exactly. Sorry, Gary. Uh, no, it's more than 20%. It's, what is it, about 22%? Yeah, everyone else is in Litchfield <laughs> with the Blues flag, aren't they? <laughs> Anyways, moving on. <laughs> I'm, I'm, st- I'm saying nothing as I don't actually have a Birmingham <laughs> postcode. <laughs> Uh, he's correct then i mean let's cut this blues boy some slack next question this we're really getting (laughs) off rocking and rolling with these questions next question are villa fans really fickle i seem to have a lot of blues followers this is by uh chief wj watton chef 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 south park (laughs) hey chef (laughs) Are Villa fans really fickle only if they've got chocolate salty balls? Mm-mm. I just say this is a lovely gin I'm enjoying whilst partaking in listener questions. Are they fickle? Well, the funny thing about the Villa fans being fickle uh, statement, I mean, probably discussed this many times, but it does make me laugh, like, for example, after any time Villa draw, like, for example, against Brentford, then suddenly you've got the two, the glass half empty, glass half full, Bruce Mm. out, Bruce in. The binary brigade. We are winning, we are losing. We are winning, we are losing. The binary brigade that go into battle against each other. um, (laughs) When there's it's a draw, wild thrashing of keyboards in between opening tabs of YouTube, uh, Red Tube and furiously wanking themselves, and then going back to Twitter for some more arguing. It's... And the middle ground with the uh, please just play the kids, just play the kids. <laughs> that's a different. That's a different tab on Chrome normally, though. To be honest, that's from the wrong ends. That. All right. The next question, George Dukes actually asks about. Uh, he has three questions. First one, standard section question mark. What about it? What about it, Jeff? George, sorry. What about it, George? <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> Jeff, whatever you call yourself. <laughs> That's his Chinese name. <laughs> Standing section, that's that's like an entire podcast in itself, which uh, I've never put out. I've interviewed a few people. I've I've met politicians in Parliament, had discussions about this. It's all about the government. The government is slowly, slowly, slowly uh, breaking on it. And they're having a review after a petition got it into the House of Commons for discussion. I mean, this is something, I mean, I actually watched it, but you, something you can watch. All common sense and logic says it has to happen because the knock-on effects are good uh, for for many many things from where you put disabled people from 
stopping people standing in you know front of people who actually just want to sit through the whole game and they you know maybe elderly people who can't keep going up and down up and down up and down it will happen but uh, the question is it's not going to happen anytime super soon for villa to experience a standing section in the meantime you can just try and buy a pie or a drink from any area of the ground and just queue with thousands of other people trying to use facilities at the key moment or just go to shrewsbury yeah, I'll go to Shrewsbury, where they've actually had a safe standing section uh, put in. The first one in this country. I mean, of course, there's old terraces, but this is a the first one in uh, for an English team. Uh, anyway, uh, preferred holding midfielder is another one of George's questions. We mm-hmm. we addressed this in uh, episode number fifty, where we we spoke about horses for courses, didn't we, really? Rotation we, is the king. We all kind of sat on the fence. Obviously, when you're playing nippy, faster teams, probably Bjarnason's a better bet. If you're playing mm. a team that's going to bombard us, then obviously Yedinak, uh, because one thing he can do very well is uh, get his head to the ball, get his beard to the ball. <laughs> what a beard it is, though. It is a good beard. It is. Imagine what his testicles look like. <laughs> I was just about to say, if you listen to <laughs> episode 40, <laughs> is it 46? <laughs> the end of 46? No, it's or the end of 47. You can find out post credit sequence. We talk about yet an X testicles. There's a show to go straight for. Stop. Pause this one now. Go straight to that one. Next question. Uh, so I think it's by George again. Should Axel get a chance at centre back? Yes. Given yeah. Taylor plays left back, or mm. is he best left back replacing Taylor? Who wants this one, Chris? I'm going to go with yes, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> And the concluding that, what does that mean? Y- yes, he should play centre back. <laughs> right. I can. Yeah, yes, yeah. Taylor does play left back, but no, he shouldn't. And should Axel play left back? No. <laughs> okay, we'll leave it at that. Right. Next question. Uh, Andy Mann ninety two asks, and this is pretty much the same question. Well, maybe it's not. Is Yedinak a valid centre back for the rest of the season? I'm going to reword Andy Mann's question that. Jedinak would be an invalid centre-back for the rest of the season. <laughs> it wouldn't be a good plan. I like Jedinak. He's in the wrong... Team. He's in the wrong... He's, he wakes up every morning. Oh, my God, I'm in this godforsaken city. I could be in Australia sunning myself. Exactly. Chris, Yedinak uh, just an option as opposed to a starter at that position? Yeah, he's an option. How is safe standing coming along? Is it even a possibility, Liam Carter? I think I've just answered that. It's incoming, but we're banging at the door. We're kicking down fences, climbing walls to, to get this thing through, and uh, it will come. And, you know, even Aston Villa are totally behind it. Oh, the, the last uh, board were. Obviously, they're all, they've all gone now. So, uh, In the meantime, go to Germany. Exactly. Another question, a bit of a repetitive one. Uh, Yedinak, Axel, right back, centre back, fiasco, says Dom Lerner. Any re- any relation to Randy? Hmm. Still keeping his hand in. Uh, we've already answered that. Axel probably over Yedinak. Cause, although, if Axel was a Villa player, like 100%, he wasn't alone, then I would say, yeah, get Axel in because you, he needs to... That's his going to be his position. Then he, you know, he's going to start somewhere, and this is a good time to start. But because he's a United player, there isn't that kind of long-term benefits as well. So you're thinking, well, who's the best player at this moment in time? And you know that it's not, you know, it's not uh, a given that it's Axel because he has, you know, he hasn't got the experience. So uh, he could turn into a early Hugo Ekiog who took a few games to uh, warm up. I'd give him the game time. 
All right, that's that decided then. Next question, uh, Boxing365. What about John McGinn winning the Balloon Dior next season? I'd be offended if he didn't. <laughs> uh, I, I like John McGinn. He's, um... I like his elbows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're good, sharp elbows. Dan, Dan hasn't listened to the last podcast, but we... Uh, ah, yes. <laughs> we, we talk about his uh, running style in that. Probably the gag of the podcast of, of that one. Anyway, sorry, carry on. Uh, John McGinn. I mean, he's a, you know, Ronaldo, Messi, Iniesta. The, he's the natural progression to McGinniesta, isn't it? It's he's the next in know, line. He's the next in line. It's it's succession, isn't it? That it's in the stars. You know, we we were briefly we thought, you know, what, Aaron Tishbola has got something. We can't quite put our finger on what it is. <laughs> We need to send him to Kilmarnock to to completely make sure that he's the one. To complete his training. <laughs> like some sort of fucking Jedi outpost. <laughs> now the last task, you must go to Kilmarnock to complete your training. But no, you sent Jamba Jamba to St Mirren. That's the for- that's the place we've been foretold. No. Shane Face thirty three asks, <laughs> how much better than Zidane is McGinn? I mean, come on, where, where where do you start? I mean, McGinn, I mean, Zidane had a receding hairline, so, I mean, let's be honest, that was that's one reason we shouldn't, you know, McGinn's obviously better than him. What else? Uh, sent off in the McGinn's World Cup final. McGinn's got a better foot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. McGinn's not ever been sent off in a World Cup final. Exactly. No, yeah, he's got that to his, got that to his locker. Um, he might be better in cold weather. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're only a few months uh, from finding out, and uh, if you haven't noticed yet, it's getting a bit chillier at night. Anyway, enough of the weather. Not Villa-related. Interesting to know your thoughts on All or Nothing Manchester City TV series. Mr. Linternet asks. I haven't actually seen it yet, so I cannot pass judgment. I've seen little bits. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't count, but doesn't count. It would have been really interesting, that series, if they'd have fucked it up. That would have been great TV. Yeah, but because they went and won everything, it would have been yeah. like, well, yeah. A bit Disney. Yeah, exactly. There's, I mean, there's a lot of gushing. Uh, but then when I look on Twitter, there's a lot of gushing, and it's from the gushers, uh, if that makes any sense. But there has been some kind of serious thought pieces on it, a bit of conjecture in there. But uh, I have refused to read them until I actually watch this thing uh, you know, straight off the bat. I don't want to know anything about it. But uh, stay tuned. We will uh, answer that question once we have found a time in our busy schedule to uh, take in all the episodes. Watch proper football. Also, mm. if you if you want us to answer that question, please become a patron. Then we can actually afford Amazon Prime. <laughs> Go to myomansaid.com, click on Patreon uh, on the menu bar, and we'll come back with a full review on All or Nothing, that Manchester City TV series. Moving on. David Blick, one of my favourite listeners of this show, probably listening to the show in Mallorca, uh, I would guess. Hard life. He asks, when will Bruce play defenders in their natural positions? And then he puts lots of Z stuff after the end of that. Keeps you well, guessing, David. Yeah. The last game of the season is the 5th of May, so I'm going to go with that. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it keeps you guessing. I, uh, I no happen, longer know it? anymore. <laughs> Give it a month. Now we're getting into the nitty-gritty questions. How long... Oh, no. And this is J.R. Taylor, 12. How long would you give Bruce if results start going bad? This is a glass half-empty man. It depends when the bad results kick in. Mm. As soon as he slips out the top six, I I would guillotine him. (laughs) 
<laughs> Saturday. <laughs> On the centre yeah, circle. Yeah, well, you, you would know where he stands then. It's, I you think need it's a big guillotine, cl- wouldn't you? Quite a clean-cut uh, scenario. Practice on a giant melon. If I was an eccentric, one of these crazy eccentric owners, that's that's what I would I would email him. Drop out this top six, you're out. Copy everyone in. Copy everybody What's in. WhatsApp group. Copy the fan, Co- the, the fan co- base copy, in. Copy James Nursery in, for starters. Or maybe do like a really snazzy.com video like they like to do with WhatsApp and stuff. Like the Love do Island really one. Create... I've got a text. Yeah, do like a really... You're yeah, do a really... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> a really creative... I've got a text. <laughs> and you could have um, Alex Bruce going, what is it, Dad? Oh. Is it like but... that time we found Lee Hendry on the drive? No? And Keith Wynas with a thumb up. <laughs> but so going back to the original question, people are starting to sharpen their Bruce out knives. Mm. But it's kind of a soft start to the season. I mean, I always like to think ten ten games. The first point that I would look at the table and, and be saying, I mean, obviously, if you you went on a crazy six game losing streak now, that perhaps decisions would be taken in the interim. But I think, yeah, it's it's as, as you say as well. Who who are you losing to? What's the fashion of the defeats? Uh, yeah. Especially if you bring in new players in. But I, I know you you were, you were joking about the dropping out the top six. Thing, but we, we need to be in that pack, don't we? Winning games yeah. and looking like we're building momentum. Yeah, because I don't think Wes Wes Edens, for example, will will mess around. I mean, uh, mm. there was a previous coach of the uh, Milwaukee Bucks who was a good friend of his, and he he fired. So I don't think he gets his judgment is clouded by sentiments. So, but last season, you know, the first seven games we won one game, and you know we were pretty level-headed about that. We weren't mm-hmm. calling for his name because Bruce had to bed a lot of players in that time. This time he's gone into the season with, let's say, the uh, the foundations of the team. I mean, the, mm. the general structure's there. Uh, McGinn was a, was a great signing. And now it's just players ready to give us that little extra. And obviously he needs to organise his defence. So I think the problem with Bruce is he does enough to stay in his job. And he has a bit of luck here and there with new owners or whatever. But you really want to see him pushing on or ballsing up so he gets out. This kind of in-the-middle business really doesn't help anybody. Well, he's a, he's a good football manager, isn't he, Bruce? And he's never been exceptional. And I think that's the that, that's yeah, where he draws. I mean, and he, he makes such bizarre, arguably stubborn decisions at times that you think, is it because that he's just learned that's the way that he's just can say survive? Or is it actually quite, is it learned behaviour that that's his, that's his way? Yeah, when, when I went to the Hull game, uh, I was I stayed around Hull for a few days, and obviously speaking to a few uh, Hull fans, and you know they're, ex- I mean they all quite fond when they're talking about Brucey, but you know even they they were saying that you know the reason he left Hull was because he kind of hit a ceiling really, mm. his uh, glass ceiling. So we'll see, but I mean this is his last season if he doesn't get us promoted. It may be his last season if even if he does get I think, us I think it's his last season anyway. Yeah. Well, there you go. Chris Bird has finally said something and it's the words of wisdom. It's his last season. Everybody relax. It's all good. <laughs> Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right. Louis Bear, 2005, says, do you think we will keep Super Jack next season? Cute. If we go up, yes. If we don't, no. There you go. Chris Bird straight in with the dynamic answer. No more 
needs to be said. That's pretty much the equation there, uh, Louis Bear. I think where it would get interesting would be if we went up and were struggling, how long we would keep him mm. then. We'd probably maybe get another year out of him. I think if he went up this season and had a good year next season, he'd be at the point where Villa probably couldn't turn down the bid that they'd get for him. I think there's there's his value would one one other factor in in you know if if we did manage to get up and and he was the genuinely the inverted commas star player and whether because at the point at which Tottenham Tottenham were basically trying their luck on a very cheap initial bid knowing that we were broke essentially but yeah. never never really I don't think even for all of the bollocks in the press really showed real intent financially. Yeah, the bollocks in the press are saying that Spurs met Villa's, uh, let's say, their their bid that they wanted, mm. and it was the owners who turned it down. But I think there was a bit of covering of backs by certain so. journalists. And 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 I think the dynamic would be if you get promoted, and he's a, he, he he does become more of a marquee player that we would want to protect. But as we've seen countless times before, if a if a team with significant stature and and we've we've talked many times before as fans you can't be oblivious to this the gulf between wealth now between these two divisions is massive that that would be a huge decision for a Grealish that you know I don't think I don't think it came to the push and shove of saying do I want to go to Tottenham do I not want to go to Tottenham because I don't want to sound big-headed about Grealish because I don't think he's reached the level where top top Premier League teams are looking at him but they might and I think that that's when the game changer happens. Yeah, I think they'll do a new contract for him and there'll be an immediate rise in pay and then he will get another rise in pay if they get promoted. Mm. A substantial rise in pay if they got promoted and that's how that would be structured, basically. If we get promoted, yeah. he's not going to go anywhere, really. The one thing I will say, and you kind of touched on it, is, and, you, and we saw this in the last two games especially, was the only thing missing from Jack Grealish being a top, top player at the moment which we're not totally convinced by because it hasn't been evident yet only occasionally is that final decision mm. of when to shoot and when to pass and like against Ipswich he he, he had went on that mazy run and he, and he probably overplayed it a little bit and sometimes he does overplay it a little bit because you know he likes the ball at his feet and he likes to glide around and sometimes you're not a snappy you know when when you have that kind of comfortableness with the ball and there are times where he could pull the trigger a little earlier do you, do you think that and it was something I was thinking in the latter stages of the Brentford game where he was he was tinkering around the final third and and whatnot that is I mean this is going to sound glaringly obvious now I've now I've been thinking about it but does he suffer for not having a similarly technically gifted player around him as well that there's no natural you know you you feed the the, the ball into Codger's feet and though he's quite technically good it's not a it's not a natural fit necessarily you know and you see it with some of the other midfielders that there's no do you know what I mean. I thought he had a good fit with Benteke because mm. Benteke mm. ben had good vision and, and actually had yeah. a good touch and, and awareness. And we saw that in the in the semi-final against... Well, we saw it every time we played Liverpool, but in terms of Grealish and Benteke, there was an interchange uh, before one of the goals. So there was a player I think he enjoyed playing with, certainly. Uh, this time, I think McGinn... It's interesting that Grealish and McGinn are now uh, away day buddies, uh, room buddies. Right, okay. That's an intent to get them, you know, reading off the same hymn sheet and on the same frequency, no doubt. I don't think it's because they're, you know, they, they share an interest in FIFA or whatever. It's because that's a managerial <laughs> decision to, to bed them in. I think with Villa, it's, it's the thing of movement, isn't it? It's the way Grealish plays. He's not one of those sort of box-to-box dynamic. He's not like a Yaya Toure or someone like that who will do it all on his own. He needs options 
And if he doesn't have them, he's kind of just looks up and thinks, well, who the fuck am I passing to? Yeah, he needs more movement and he needs mm. more options. He needs to be... And it's probably the same for McGinn. He needs to be further up the pitch, as you said earlier on. I think, do you know what, Villa as a team need to be. That's mm. why I think they look much better against Brentford, is that we actually play 20, 30 mm. yards further up the field. Yeah. Rather than retreating to the 18-yard line and having a huge gap between midfield and striker and defence. This is a team that still feels a little bit like pre-season, finding its feet. And I'm hoping that those two, the two wingers, will actually have a bit more interaction with Grealish and be on his wavelength mm, and you know mm. get the best out of him. Because I think McGinn's a good foil, but you need a, a creative uh, schema alongside him as well. Not like you know, like-for-like player, but somebody who is, you know who uh, he can, in, you know, interchange with. Anyway, uh, enough about Grealish. Sean Fitz90 says, Surely with players at Bruce's disposal this season, top two is a must. Simply no more excuses. Agree? Yes and no. What kind of answer is that? <laughs> I, I don't think Villa can be, at this stage, yeah. we can't be arrogant enough yeah. to sort of feel that we have a divine right to be a top two side anymore. I think the last two seasons have shown yeah. that. Yeah, that's not the question though, is it? It's the players that he has at his disposal. Is top two a must? No, I would say promotion is a must. Yeah. But it doesn't, ultimately, it doesn't matter how you do it. I think that Bruce has actually got a couple of... I don't like this. He's, he's probably got a couple of reasonable excuses for particularly in terms of our pre-season preparation and you know, player planning that that could be uh, that could be rolled out. I'm not saying that's the right thing, by the way. Yeah, I think he's, he's definitely bought himself some time. Mm, definitely, I think he's got a top six squad here. I think he's got a top six squad. Yeah. The the, the, the glaring errors for me is that we had, I think we had a very solid defensive setup throughout last season, um, but barring that period where where Terry got injured. And I think that our attacking threat we carried was good. Yeah, we. I mean, in terms of clean sheets, we were doing all right, but it wasn't 100%. We were missing a, a decent left-back. Oh, listen, I, I agree. It wasn't perfect, but yeah. it's unsettled now is, is what I yeah, would... Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're, we've got unnecessary things that we're in. This is, where, this is where Dr. Tony gets off the hook for me. We've got things like, needlessly, we've got an unsettled goalkeeper situation where we're... That's to chance, you know, we're, we're trialling a new goalkeeper, essentially. You shouldn't be putting that to chance. In yeah. season, you know, we, we shouldn't be cards on the table scrabbling around for, for wingers in the loan market at the last minute. You know, that, that and that's really fortuitous that the, the EFL allows that, I think. I, th- I still find that amazing the outside of a transfer window you can do that. Yeah. You know, those are things that I think, I think actually we're fortunate to have had the bare bones of a squad. We've managed to bring it together. I don't think that's got a lot to do with Bruce, but our circumstances. Because um, I was always surprised uh-huh. when they just got Galini in and that was yeah. it. Yeah, and yeah. They yeah. Just, they chanced it all on Galini. That was blatantly obvious, and that's not hindsight because you know we wrote so many articles about right. They need to replace Guzan with an experienced guy to uh, back up Galini or play and you know be number one while Galini uh, stakes his claim, and that never happened, which I was quite surprised by. It was like in Mark, was, Bun, in Mark yeah. Bun we trust, which yeah. mm. but that was that was such a confused time as well, and it was it was all false prophecy, and we've we've you know we've we've gone over Dr. Tony's madness. You know, that was a team that started the season and, and was losing at Luton with a core at centre-half. You know, it's yeah, you, know, you can't draw anything rational from it now. And that's where I think if you if if we fail this season, you know, there'll, there'll be cock-ups where you look back and you think, oh, we, sh- you know, we should have gone and won at places like Ipswich when, we had, when they had 10 men for a half a football. But also our preparation has to be up there with some of the worst in the division. It has to be because, you know, we're a week from being served with an administration order. I mean, it's just bonkers. 
the flip side, I would say, with I think there's a lot of other teams who would class themselves as being top mm. six or expect to be there, like Swansea. They had a dreadful um, deadline day. I think they lost four yeah. first-team yeah. players. Mm. Middlesbrough lost arguably their two best mm. players. So if anything, we're actually the only of the what you'd call the big teams mm. who haven't been raided. Yeah, we always look at ourselves. You know, the guys we lost weren't our players. It's easy to look at ourselves and feel sorry for ourselves, but also there's the fact that there's eight teams in this division that aren't making the financial fair play uh, regulations at the moment. So it's not, you know, we, we look inwardly and we always think, oh, we're not, you know, we've done this, we've cocked up, we're not in great shape. But Aston Villa, compared to most of these teams in the league, are in, in a decent shape, even though there is kind of chaos. Yeah. And I think from the outside looking in, I think a lot of teams will, will, will see Villa and go, you know, they've dodged a mm. bullet, they've come out the other side, and they're, they're now the third richest club in the country. Technically, yeah. at playing at this level. Well, mm. I, I think it has to be. I mean, he, he talks about top two is a must. I think uh, bottom, all said and done, promotion has to be a must, mm. you know, however yeah. that's ob- obtained. But looking at the league at the moment, uh, I think we have the capabilities to get top two. I'm looking forward to the playoff final yeah. against Rotherham. I think it'll be quite a day. <laughs> as, I, as I said to somebody on the phone a couple of days ago, I think the worst scenario this season, the utmost worst scenario, mm. is to lose in the playoff final again. Oh. I'd rather get relegated. Horrible. It's a, <laughs> a horrible... Oh, do you know I have I've, I've spoke about it so little that it feels like this is almost therapy for me now. That, that the amount of times that we <laughs> it doesn't happen often, I know, but the last few times going to Wembley and walking away as losers is is becoming a bit of a oh, I don't know. My record at the new Wembley, the is new awful. Wembley, yeah, yeah, it's it's. Yeah. Um, yeah, right, it's anyway, really let's, let's uh, yeah before we start getting <laughs> the razor blades out. <laughs> Next question, Willis Moore, 26. Since we couldn't keep Terry because of his wages, would you have him back now that we can afford him? The, again, it's this Villa sentimentality, Villa supporter mentality, where we, it doesn't matter how good, how bad former players are, after a while we always want them back. And in this case, in a, he's, how old is he now? 39? Let him, let him, let, leave him in peace. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I, I'd like him back? I'm sorry, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw it out there. I, I would have him back. I don't, just uh, maybe not playing, but oh, I, 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 for, pers- for personality <laughs> alone, I think we probably lack just the leadership. Sat next to me in the halt end, running up and down, you know that sort of thing. No. <laughs> yeah, just doing lengths of the stand. I, I'd, I mean, I wouldn't leave him alone with my wife. Don't get me wrong, but I'd... <laughs> his, P- his PR was very good. I thought Terry played. Played the played the supporters very well with his like little videos of jogging up and down the whole end and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know, he knows the game. I mean, he knows how to play it. I mean, it's quite funny when you see when fans get you know they go on these uh, sponsored tours of the stadium or whatever where they meet a player and uh, I think one of the fans took some you know pictures of behind the scenes and he found a piece of paper where it's like a breakdown. It, it was like the marketing department's itinerary of what would happen and at the end it says john terry to say this uh. and it's word for word what he's instructed to say so he's obviously got to spend the night in front of the mirror learning his line just want to say thank you very much for for supporting the boys and uh coming today and it's a big uh, club Unibet, it's a historic club. such a big club <laughs> unibets uh fantastic fantastic blah 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 110 i would just say it i don't think he's going to be any better than last season put it that way and also it's money He's not coming cheap. He's, and we're also we're spending most of those wages on reputation and what he's done, as opposed to what he can do now. Yeah, there's no, there's no yeah. guarantee you're going to get another good season. No. 
Yeah, we, we were quite fortunate really last year. Yeah, no, exactly. If if he's willing to get paid, uh, what shall we say, a free ticket in the halt next to Dan and uh, maybe enough to buy Dan a beer at halftime mm. or fetch Dan a beer. And be nice. have... Yeah, he can, he can go and <laughs> join the queue early. <laughs> 35 yeah. minutes. <laughs> get one by the end of the second half. Jog on, John. <laughs> uh, next question. People obsessed with Neil Taylor. How must Neil Taylor be feeling <laughs> seeing a right back preferred more than him? Is his time up? Matanim 85. He'll feel like he needs to up his game. Yeah. If you're not in the team, then there's this kind of feeling that speaks, speaks people for itself. are looking to move on. But, you know, you've you got to roll your socks up mm. and uh, and your sleeves and fight. He suffered a chronic loss of form, really, didn't he? And he just never recovered. Yeah, and then his mm. confidence obviously takes a hit. And um, He had a very... You know, I'm, I'm, all, I'm, I'm all for him. You know, if he gets his opportunity and he takes it, he keeps his place in the team. Yeah. But... Until that point, I, I don't think, think when Bruce Bruce bored him. I just thought, well, here's a, just a safe bet at left back. He's not going to be yeah. give us anything amazing, but it's just safe. Yeah. It's that it's that position taken care of. I don't have to think about it. I mean, I was thinking about him recently because he he, he appeared didn't he towards the back end of last season and he didn't particularly it it, it caused worry didn't he because he, he looked as you've just been saying he was always an average steady fullback wasn't he? But he was yeah. making errors positionally. He was he was worse than Hutton, which is some feat in in my mind. Yeah. And I was looking for reasons, and you think you know that he had a chronic loss of form mid season. Was you know was that connected to you know that horrendous injury that he gave to someone like Seamus Coleman? Where does it? Because he's always had a bit of a lunging challenge in him, hasn't he, Taylor? And he did it a couple of times yeah. even after having injured Coleman. And yeah, I just think. You know, for a player who who was never fantastically gifted anyway, you know, he's a good professional, good pro. But if you have to be a bit more withdrawn, because part of his game was the combative side, I thought he looked quite interesting going forward without being spectacular. But whereas you look at someone like Hutton, who's got that 110% application and perhaps, you know, not particularly spectacular in other parts of his games. It, it game... And he doesn't dwell on, it doesn't dwell on mistakes, Hutton, either. Does no, he just he doesn't. Kind of gets on with it. doesn't. Which is a good good thing because he would be dead if he... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a lot of thinking. <laughs> He'd just, just be... be stood me- <laughs> I'm not. I'm not very good, am I? He'd be mentally crushed, but he just he just carries on. And uh, after three okay games, he's he's heralded as the uh, Scottish Cafu. Mm-hmm. But no, he's all right. He's at his level. He's like happy as a pig in shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, and moving on. Uh, one up front or two up front? Asks Joe Higgins. One. Uh. Well, can't no. we do what we did that one season and we ended up putting Ricardo Schimeca up front? Do you remember that? <laughs> that was, was a that, highlight. That was a bit of a, bit of a. I do remember that. <laughs> bit of a Chris Samba move that one. Oh God! <laughs> I blotted that from Don't. my mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. I say I, I think we are with the players we've got. You play one striker and you get a lot of our midfield players mm. further up the field. A lot of it's tactics around playing one up front. I don't think it necessarily comes down to playing one or two up front because we should be committing more men regardless of it being a front two yeah. or a midfield five or whatever yeah. it's going to be. You just need more men in the box. Well, I think you'll always go for that one up front because that second man up front is essentially Grealish, isn't it? Yeah. And it, you don't tend to get too many teams just playing a straight two these yeah. days. It tends to be a, you know the modern way to play a focal point and have... 
two or three attacking midfielders play off yeah. it. So I don't see that changing anytime soon. Right. Another question, and this is the last question, and it's from the man to N, and then it's diary, then it cuts off because it's a long name. So this is a strange one because it just says, what's your perfect Sunday? Mm. Wow. That's oh, a big question. Yeah. I don't know if he's trying to, or if they, I don't know if it's a he, I think it's a they. Is this like somebody who's actually going to make it happen? Or? Uh-huh. Yeah, is this an open invitation? I think for me, a perfect Sunday, something that doesn't involve watching Aston Villa, probably. Enjoying the game the day before, hopefully. That, yeah. you know, if Villa haven't ruined my Saturday, then <laughs> Sunday's normally a good day. Roasting a big hog, but lighting those coals with newspapers that say Aston Villa 6, Birmingham nil. <laughs> that would be nice wouldn't it oh, just being naked walking we... around the canals of Birmingham naked <laughs> it's a good look <laughs> it's either that or looking like a peaky blinder I mean I know it's it's close to which one you look like a bigger twat Luke Roper mankey <laughs> no. with a rubber a r- big rubber badge conveniently placed <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, we'll we'll leave that question for another time. It's uh, it has a better potential. We haven't we haven't got the freshness to come up with something funny enough. Let's wait until we play blues on a Sunday morning, mm-hmm. shall we? Right, we'll be back for some more mom's questions uh, at a at a later date. So anyway, until next time, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. Goodbye. My old man said. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.